Hello, you're listening to Gaze Gaze, in which we're gay and we gaze into media that's by, for, or about ladies who love ladies. And sometimes we talk about other stuff. I'm Erin, and morning, did you sleep well? And I'm Erin, and car emoji, excise emoji, ghost emoji, thumbs up. I'm Gracie, and I'm Villanelle's all plaid outfit from episode six of season two of Killing Eve. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Can I just say that the fashion this season was somehow even better than the fashion in season one? The powerful gay energies dialed up to like 11. It actually is. so good. Yeah. There were, we we got to like episode four or five before I like made it in my notes that was like, Villanelle has not worn a dress once. I was just gonna She's say, only I, suits. and then literally the second I had that thought, she walked on wearing a dress. Um, season two, Killing Eve. Yeah, tell us about it. So, like, where we left off with season one was that uh, Eve had just stabbed Villanelle, and Eve is like coping with the trauma and uncertainty that follows after she stabbed her. Is she alive or is she dead? Villanelle survived, of course. Uh, because what would the show be if she did not? (laughs) And she manages to make her way to the hospital for treatment. And after she leaves the hospital, she tricks a guy into taking her home to provide shelter for her while she's recovering from her stab injury. But surprise, he's actually the one who's holding her hostage, and then she has to kill him to escape. And when she gets away, she reunites first with the Twelve and then with Constantine, because surprise, he's still alive, just as predicted. Shocking. (sighs) Who could have guessed? (laughs) He tells her that the Twelve are now trying to kill her, and the two of them then become freelancers in the assassination business, both leaving the Twelve. As for Eve, she and Nico break up this season, and she's dodging filling out all of her paperwork at work. She's kind of a hot mess from all of the turmoil and trauma that she's experienced since season one, and she's also tracking a new female assassin who has been nicknamed the Ghost because she's been killing silently with these uncommon poisons and with faux medical mistakes, and eventually MI6 figures out that all of her kills are linked around one man who is this hot young tech CEO named Aaron Peel. Uh, who will soon begin to start selling massive amounts of data that can be used as a weapon. And once they learn this, Eve goes back in to hire Villanelle not to kill him, but just to get close to him and kind of figure out what's going on with the situation. But of course, being Villanelle, she kills him. And later they figure out that this was all Carolyn's plan the whole time, um, being that there was no paper trail from Eve not doing paperwork. Carolyn can now shift the blame onto Villanelle and Eve, despite her actually wanting Aaron dead the whole time. And right when they're about to run away, the Twelve catches Villanelle to kill her, and Eve has to kill the man with an axe in order to save her. Villanelle drags Eve all around Rome while Eve is still deeply in shock from killing a man with an axe. And Villanelle basically says, like, let's just run away together and like live in a cabin in Alaska and just hang out and have a good time. And as Villanelle is like caressing Eve's face and kind of leans in for the kiss, Eve moves away and says, no, she doesn't want to do this. And Villanelle has a gun. And when Eve learns this, she realizes that all along Villanelle could have shot the man that was in the 12, but she set up the situation so that Eve would have to be the one to kill him in order to save her. And Villanelle then says she basically just wanted Eve to know what it felt like to kill someone. And so Eve tries to walk away and leave, but Villanelle shoots her and the season ends with Eve laying on the ground and Villanelle walking away from her. (laughs) Once again, another ending. Yeah. 
the suspense. <laughs> well, what a season. Yeah, just what a season. I feel like there was so much going on this season and it didn't tie together super cohesively. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a hot mess. For lack of a better word, I feel like it was very like fan fiction-y to some degree. Like the scenarios that happened to allow even Villanelle to work together were so weird. And yeah, it was a, a little bit contrived at some points. Yeah, it felt very manufactured and it for no reason. Like I don't think Aaron needed to be a character at all or he, at least he didn't need to be a character to the extent that he was featured. Yep. Like <laughs> I feel like there are so many different ways that they could have had them work together that didn't involve the route that they took. <laughs> yeah, well it was so weird too because it was like a constant switching of sides where it was like okay like Villanelle is out on her own and then it's like oh now she's working for the 12 and that lasts for like an episode and then she's working with Constantine but oh now Constantine's been hired by MI6 even though he had just run away from them um, yeah. and now he's like fine with working with them again I just like kind of messy yeah there was a lot it was very messy for sure I mean like I still think that even Villanelle carry the season, basically, and make it worth watching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was definitely messy, and I feel like the ghost, who could have been a really interesting character and foil for Eve, especially because they're both Asian women. Yeah. It was pretty disappointing to have her, like, completely sidelined as soon as they caught her. Like, Right. Yeah. She's really hyped up, and then... Uh, she barely says anything once they catch her, and then once they get the information they need out of her, she's out of the season entirely. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel right. It, that point specifically felt incredibly disjointed to me, where it's like, we spent like four episodes or five episodes working up to getting her, and then you've got her, and then it's just like, okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. I think also it's disappointing because in the last episode when Eve is trying to get out of the hotel that her and Hugo, the other MI6 agent who is sent to Italy to, like, monitor Villanelle while she spies on Aaron Peel. Like, Eve is trying to escape that hotel without being noticed, so she dresses up like a maid, like a worker, to blend in and sneak into Aaron's, like, compound, which feels like a direct pull from the ghost's, like, yeah. method yeah. where she would dress up as a cleaning lady because she kind of was invisible in that way. And it's, like, it's so disappointing that Parallel wasn't more directly, like, drawn. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I also, just on a personal level, I really would have liked to see Villanelle and the ghost face off. Totally. Because that's yeah. kind of what it seemed like it was leading up to, up to a certain point, And then they're like, nope, we caught her without Villanelle. Yeah, also just, like, the idea of Villanelle maybe being jealous of the ghost or... Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, that, that was so hyped where it's, like, Villanelle's, like, sitting at home being sad because Eve is in love with someone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then literally it ends with, like, something happens in a mystery trailer between Villanelle and the ghost. Yeah, and like... And we it, don't yeah. know what it is, and then the ghost is never mentioned again. That was also yeah. really weird. I was like, what did she even do to you, bro? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm glad that you guys found that weird, too. I Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was a much messier season. 
I felt like I could tell that there was a different person running the show. Yeah, the tone is a lot different. Right off the bat, I could tell that this was led by somebody different. And unfortunately, like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge did such a good job with season one that in comparison, it's like, uh, if I watch this on its own, like, no context, I probably would have thought it was really great. But given that I'd seen season one, which I do ultimately think is better... It was like, totally. well, well, yeah. I don't know about this one. Oh, yeah, I totally feel the same way. And it's odd because I, I think it's just hard because with season one, I didn't have any complaints at all, basically. And with yeah. season two, I still really like it. I just, there's a lot of issues with it, complaints. basically. All right. Yeah. Air yeah. your complaints. <laughs> we honestly already went over all of them, which is the constant switching of sides. Like, I found the whole, like, is Eve interested in Villanelle? Is she losing interest? Has Eve been forgotten uh it's like villanelle angry i i thought that that was kind of poorly done yeah Um, yeah and and then especially since once they start working together it's like that that's never even mentioned again and it's like if you were planning on having them work together why were you focusing on this so much right yeah and you know the ghost being forgotten that's an obvious issue and then also the whole like Eve being implied to be a psychopath, I found that very confusing because to me, she doesn't even really seem like a narcissist in season one. She's just kind of like selfish and bored. But I did see in your notes, Erin, you put something about like uh, trauma induced psychopathy. So we can get into that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can get well, into that. I also want to say that I think obviously Killing Eve isn't the only show guilty of this, but the debate over. And this isn't, like, dismissing your point at all, Erin, that you, like, didn't buy it necessarily. It's actually more just, like, a frustration that I have is, like, (laughs) I feel like people who write TV shows, like, Google psychopathic, like, tendencies Mm -hmm. and then just apply them in a really wide brushstroke completely liberally and, like, with really no regard to, like the reality of that as like a like a diagnosis I guess like it yeah (laughs) it's just like I definitely feel like there was a lot of like kind of heated online debate about like oh what defines a psychopath and like blah 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 and it's like uh, surrounding the show yeah yeah and it was just kind of like oh my gosh (laughs) like (sighs) I think that's a slippery slope to try to climb in terms of just, like, the DSM being a hot mess anyway. Right. <laughs> oh, totally, and totally. not to mention, like, lack of research that show writers do and just all of that. It's, like, I mean, it's TV, so it's fine, whatever. Right. But it's also, like, annoying because... Oh, yeah, media colors people's perception of a certain thing. So. Totally. Yeah, and the, and the goalposts for defining it are constantly being shifted in this show and in other shows, you know? So it's just like, okay. <laughs> for defining what psychopathy looks like. Yeah, exactly. I think in season one, two, do they mention specifically, like, Eve is a psychopath, or is it just kind of implied? I, I mean, think... not not Eve, Villanelle. Oh, and Villanelle oh. in season one, yeah, absolutely, that's mentioned. Yeah, Eve explicitly says that she thinks Villanelle scores high on the psychopathy scale quote okay unquote. and then obviously in season two that like mi6 head shrinker <laughs> comes in to give them a really like heavy-handed power oh my god that was... oh my god <laughs> that man <laughs> is just so much <laughs> it's like yeah uh... 
Yeah. So I personally like the idea, like a nature versus nurture kind of thing, where Eve and Villanelle are definitely more alike than they are different. And I feel Mm -hmm. like part of that is because Eve was raised in quote unquote a normal environment like she has a normal job she has a husband Mm -hmm. she like we don't really know a ton about her but she clearly has a very like normal quote unquote life right and like relationships and I think that she has kind of trained herself to know what is right and wrong and because she's grown up in like normal society she obviously has like a different marker for measuring all of that, whereas Villanelle <laughs> was like, I think they mention, or Anna mentions in season one that her dad was a drunk and her mom died when she was young. And then obviously she was put in like juvenile prison and then had the whole relationship with Anna even before she was like an adult and then was put in prison again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like she has had like completely like no role models whatsoever to guide her towards like learning any of that. And she clearly has like mm, thrived <laughs> maybe from someone's perspective and in, in not having any of that. She like has no boundaries. I, I think it's an interesting concept. I definitely don't think Eve is at the same level as Villanelle by any means, but... I don't know. What are your thoughts, Erin? I do think that there is a lot to be said about people who have psychopathic tendencies, but functionally, like, exist and work in within the confines of, like, normal and acceptable society. Because, like, mm-hmm. ultimately, there's a small percentage of people who, like, have psychopathic tendencies, right? And yeah. the vast yeah. majority of those people are just, like, normal, everyday people who are just living their yeah. lives, right? Yeah. And this yeah. is the same for sociopathy. So I think that there's also, like, my gut about Killing Eve is, like, did they look at a chart that was, like, psychopathy and sociopathy, and were they, like, ah, one of them will be the murderer, (laughs) and one of them will be the the person who's investigating the murderer, now which? Yeah. Um, I think that more often than not, we see, like, uh, sociopaths in um, media about killers. Like, I think about, like, even Hannibal Lecter, I think, probably would be defined totally. as a sociopath. And oh, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I think that Villanelle is ki- actually kind of unique in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree because I feel like <laughs> if we're gonna compare <laughs> uh, Hannibal and Villanelle, Hannibal is very, like, unemotional, detached, and, like, cold and calculating, which I feel like obviously Villanelle has, like, a detachment from her kills and from people in general. But I, I definitely feel like she displays emotions way more frequently. And yeah. obviously, whereas Hannibal, especially in the show, Hannibal is literally just, like, I have one micro expression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, that isn't to say that, like, even pinpointing any of these, like, TV show characters' behaviors as, like, evidence of real psychological disorders. <laughs> right. Is, like, is a, is a... It's a mistake, is what yeah, it would be. Yeah, it's an awkward place <laughs> to be <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. It, it would be a mistake to equate a show like Killing Eve with, like, how people are in real life, I think, in many instances. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. So, mm-hmm. I, I do think that, like, the clearest show between, like, how different Villanelle is 
in terms of like your normal antagonist is actually between Villanelle and Aaron. I think that this is maybe yes. one of the only functional uses of Aaron in this series I totally is to highlight agree. the difference between your standard too. villain and Villanelle because it's like yeah. like I think about that scene where Villanelle is like don't you want to like touch people and get close with yes. them and he's like yeah. I never want that. Yeah. Right, yeah, because that is something I associate with psychopathy and antisocialness was like a main factor in that. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm just a little bit confused. I think what Aaron is trying to say is that like Aaron Peel, the character, <laughs> not being interested in people further like confirms his psychopathy, whereas Villanelle being interested in people and saying, like, oh, don't you want to interact with people? Don't you want to touch them or hold them or, like, you know, be with them is, like, a confirmation that she is markedly different than Aaron. Yeah. 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 yeah, Thank you. Well, I I do want to highlight that, like, in the conversation of psychopathy and sociopathy, like, being antisocial Mm -hmm. is not a characteristic of either of those. It is something that's very different. Really? Yeah. So, like, sociopaths sociopaths are known to be, like, master manipulators and, like, very good at socializing with people to get what they want. And um, Right. But I thought not genuinely interested. Right. Yeah, exactly. But that doesn't mean yeah. antisocial. Right. But I meant like not, it, you know, they want to be with somebody if they want something. But I don't think that's necessarily the case 100% for Villanelle. Oh. Because even in season one, she was talking about like, oh, yeah, I want to like watch a movie or something. Yeah, I don't think that yeah. I don't think that Villanelle is a sociopath. This is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, exactly. That's exactly right. I don't think that Villanelle is a sociopath. Okay. But like, psychopathy also does not mean like antisocial tendencies it actually like people who like have psychopathic tendencies are really good at interacting with people and can genuinely very like deeply connect with people but it's like at what level is that different than how other people interact with people it's like how there are these lines with eve where she's talking to villanelle where they're like Villanelle is saying like I love you and Eve is like you don't even know what that is because it's a yeah. functionally different understanding of what that means for her than what it Oh totally. Eve. Yeah. I think the funny thing is too is like Eve saying that I'm like do you even know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> God. But I think uh, sorry, not to go back on this and I actually for the listener Aaron is a much better source of information. I I don't know anything um, ever. Um, but yeah, I th- I don't know. I think that's there's not a, true. Uh, when I say like antisocial, I like I think you can be antisocial, but also be very charming and like faux. Yeah, I don't know, faux charming basically. Oh, to be performative that you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's definitely yeah, the case for Aaron in the show too. Right. Because like, so yeah. I I just wanted to clarify my point. I also feel like performativity is a pretty big theme of this season, like Villanelle crying in the mirror. Oh my god, I loved that scene. That was one of the few so scenes good. in the season that I like really enjoyed. It's like it's after she um takes drugs in the club, right? I was trying to yeah. remember mm-hmm. when this happened, and she's like real. It's like when she's deep in the throes of like Eve love the ghost not me um a little bit yeah and so she takes a bunch of drugs and goes to the club and uh after she gets up the next morning she like looks in the mirror and starts crying the second she like looks in the mirror and it's very much like 
that she has to kind of perform for herself what it would feel like to be crying so that she can see it in front of her because it's almost like she's like not actually really feeling it. Yeah. I also kind of interpret I interpreted that scene more that like I don't necessarily think she would have cried independently on her own. Like I definitely no. agree with you that the crying is is a conscious choice that she makes, but I also feel like she's crying and kind of smiling too. And I I feel like part of that scene is her sort of being excited and happy that Eve is making her feel things that she's not really felt before. Like, to whatever degree she's feeling them, like, obviously, she still is Villanelle (laughs) and still, you know, struggles to kind of, like, process things in a norm, not a normal way, but in a typical way. And I think that her crying in the mirror is a really interesting scene because I think she's, like, feeling emotions impulsively in reaction to Eve that she Mm -hmm. maybe didn't feel before and I think that's exciting for her yeah no I that was my interpretation of the scene too yeah it's performative but she is actually feeling sad I mean because then she gets the hit on Eve and she's like I'm not gonna do this and then so she she like she dresses in all black in her morning outfit she gets a fucking veil yeah um but she's still gonna go do it though well um and but then also she has like a guy come like a room service guy bring her champagne and then she requests that he she like lay in his lap and like has him pet her head (laughs) like it does I do think that she's like feeling something even if it's kind of like grandiose that's a good i think that's a good way of defining it is like i I feel like a lot of her feelings do come off as like very grandiose yeah yeah and i also think that both of our interpretations exist kind of together that's That's true that's the other because i think that regardless of her choosing to cry or making herself cry the fact that she wants to go into the mirror and like look at that is really interesting yeah oh villanelle Oh, Villanelle, we're really in it now. I felt like over the course of this season, it like slowly through and experience that Villanelle has, it's almost like in attempts to make her more relatable and more human to the audience. Like, I think that that scene is like pretty indicative of that too. As opposed to season one where she definitely doesn't get that. Like, she feels very fantasy and not very grounded. But in season two, I think she feels more grounded. Yeah. Like, in some ways, that's good. In some ways, I think it's not necessarily bad. But we can talk about the ending maybe later when we talk about, like, (laughs) the queer baiting of the show. But I think that the humanizing of Villanelle and making her more endearing to the audience and then having that be the ending, I feel like it kind of directly tells you as a viewer, like, oh, you sympathize with this character, well... Guess what? Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think that that's a fair take. Which is definitely effective in some ways, but I understand where people are coming from to some degree that they were upset with that ending because it's like, you know, as a viewer, you, like, root for her even though she's, like, (laughs) fucking crazy. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um... And you're sad that they like don't run away together. Right. <laughs> so at least I think yeah. Uh, Sandra's O's remark uh, that we talked about in Let's the last uh, episode. Yeah, that they actually made a lot more yeah. sense to me this now after watching the second totally. season. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And they made sense like 
last season too but definitely i was like oh i i can't believe people got mad about i can't believe it like people can get mad about whatever they like but to me it made perfect sense in the context right totally and i also i also think that obviously it's hard to watch them like come together and then be pulled apart again but i also think that this interaction needed to happen in order for villanelle to i well, for both of them, really. Like, for Villanelle to recognize that Eve isn't going to be manipulated, mm-hmm. like all of the other yeah. people, she's kind of, like, manipulated into being with her. Like, even though I think Villanelle recognizes that Eve is different than mm-hmm. those people and likes that about her, I think she still underestimates Eve's, <laughs> like, agency. And I think Eve underestimates Villanelle's, like, ability to act in violent ways to literally <laughs> and to unpredictable literally, ways pun intended, to anyone pull the trigger at any moment <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah oh, i think i and uh, so i i find the end of the season extremely like juicy and interesting i'm like and i like that someone zoomed in and enhanced the last shot of eve just like (laughs) bleeding out in the roman ruins (laughs) and it looks like villanelle shot her in the abdomen in a similar place to where villanelle was stabbed which like that's hot the parallel of that is pretty smexy yeah that's hot it's really hot to shoot somebody in the same place where they stabbed you (laughs) i I like that Villanelle shot Eve in the end. I am frustrated that they showed Eve lying on the ground. And then in the promotions, uh, spoiler, if you haven't seen any promos for season three, but in the promos for season three, they're just like, oh yeah, she's alive. Like, I like that at the end of season one, it was, you know, like, Villanelle's obviously bleeding pretty heavily and she's, like, mortally wounded. Yeah. But, you know, it's not like her lying on the ground. Like, she's up and she's moving around and just having Eve lie on the ground and but then to immediately be like, yeah, she's fine. Like, of course she's fine. But at least, like, have her, like, run away if you're going to do that, you know? Right. Yeah. Or don't yeah. put that in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, or don't three. put that in yeah. the trailer. Yeah, just yeah. put Villanelle in her clown costume. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Sexy I'm clown. so excited for the clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is there anything more to say about the queer baiting? I feel like, oh, some things that I do want to touch upon since we're on that subject Eve and Villanelle having phone sex, kind of. Oh, that was, oh, man, yeah, hell yeah. Wild. Love yeah. that, to be honest. But also, like, uh, what what's that guy's name again? Otis? Uh, Hugh. <laughs> Otis. Otto. Hugo. Hugo, okay. All right. Um, literally the second that he was introduced i was like panicking i was like oh no eve's eve's gonna fuck him like yeah. literally i yeah. knew it like the second that he came on god I was, like, he's I so this. horny he's so annoying he really is i don't like him although i will say that i personally am not like threatened by his presence at all no i feel like the show no. heavily implies that eve is just using him as a proxy because he's like reckless and doesn't give a fuck yeah and like I- she's like okay this is like a safe way for me to like explore the fact that i do feel attraction for a villanelle which like your note about him being like oh do you like watching her or do you like being watched and her admitting to him that she likes both yeah is like yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. With this scene, it 
last episode we had mentioned the scene in Hannibal where it's Hannibal and Will are having sex with women, but it's cutting in between them. This, like, really was, like, basically, like, copying, like, hey, like, can I copy your notes? Like, okay, like, just don't make it too obvious. (laughs) (laughs) But also make it gayer. Like, because I feel like there's not a ton of um, distance between Eve listening to Villanelle, like, masturbate on the fucking mic while she, like, fucks Hugo Mm -hmm. That's really, like, a lot. Yeah, that's scary. (laughs) There is, like, that one moment when Villanelle breaks into Eve's house to kill her, where it's, like, Villanelle is, like, dragging the knife down Eve's body and is, like, will you do anything that I want? And Eve is, like, yes. And then there's, like, a cut and they're, like, exiting the house. And it's, like, what happened? Like, Uh we would all love to know what happened during that commercial break. Yeah. Also, that, like... the someone googled the distance between Eve's like London home and the like forest that the torture chamber locker is in, and that's like a three and a half hour car ride. And so, so many people were like, "What happened <laughs> for three hours while they're stuck in that car?" <laughs> oh my god! People want to know. The people want to know, Sandra. The line from um, when when Villanelle is in her house and they're in the kitchen and with the knife. A villanelle's like i'm expensive and 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 eve is like i'll pay any price or something i know <laughs> like oh my god also genuinely that moment again in the kitchen which i love that it happens in eve's kitchen again like the same place where they first interacted the scene where villanelle comes to her house and is like going to kill her quote-unquote yeah, yeah. and then they have that interaction i love that they again are kind of like meeting in her kitchen and having this extremely gay moment right <laughs> in yeah. her kitchen yeah one of the lines from this is uh i think about i think about it all the time to you and it's like i think yeah. about it all the time in regards to her stabbing villanelle <laughs> i know that actually that's the moment i was thinking of is i think about i think about that moment all the time yeah like because i i just love that scene is so interesting because there's so much like anger and annoyance and like tension and like fear on like mostly on Eve's part but like obviously she stabbed Villanelle so like (laughs) Mm -hmm. there is some danger to Villanelle as well and then I love that right after that Eve like touches her face and like she almost is kind of crying when she's like I think about it all the time too and like (sighs) wow what a moment yeah (laughs) Also, like, the acting in that sequence. Wow. The power really of women. Good. Yeah, just... that was one of my favorite scenes from this season. Yeah, really good. And I think that whole scene is what makes their dynamic appealing to me, is the, like, the contrast between them kind of having animosity for each other and having this kind of, like, rivalry slash, like, you're my arch enemy kind of thing. And then also this kind of genuine, like, tenderness for each other because they understand each other in this way that other people don't understand them (laughs) it's very like whoo wow lots to unpack (laughs) so that was a really good scene for sure oh i also love the part where eve is going down the hallway in the hotel and villanelle is on the other side of the door (gasps) oh my god God. i wrote this down too (laughs) yeah fuck oh my god that was really good 
Oh my so god, where they're like, like touching breathing. and like softly breathing. Yeah. Oh my god. So much. Yeah. <laughs> and, I love uh, that. I think Yeah, Eve like senses Villanelle through the door. Just like, oh my god. Yeah. So good. <laughs> <laughs> I like I think I think um I was gonna say this earlier when we were kind of talking overall about our impressions of season two that there's these like really, really strong kind of narrative beats and interactions, like them in the hotel hallway, them in Eve's kitchen, obviously them at the end of the show. And those all feel really good and strong. And it just feels like they could have gotten to those beats in ways that made sense organically. Yeah. Like more. Right. <laughs> and so it's just kind of like you could have done this differently. <laughs> I think that going back to like the ways that don't make the season feel good to me, like I, I think that this largely does come down to gender. And I think that, like, particularly compared to this last season, Villanelle is depicted in a lot of ways that, like, really highlights her being submissive around men, which in some situations I think works and functionally advances the plot and makes sense. And in other situations, it's like, why did you, like, what was the point of including this? Like, I very much feel that way about um, her being held hostage in the house at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like watching that I, I was like this is my worst nightmare I was like I almost want to shut this off like I almost don't want to keep watching because of this which I'm glad I kept watching because ultimately it, it was not that much of the season but it just I didn't like it I don't have yeah, much to yeah. say beyond just like I didn't like it and um it was hard to watch for sure same with uh Aaron too. And it's kind of like, I, I almost feel like my interpretation of what their intention might have been is like showing that Villanelle is not as strong as she thinks she is. Yeah. But you didn't have to go this route of like, I don't know. It, it's, it's just gross. It just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Well, and I also think that they could have used those interactions as examples to okay at the end of the season hugo gets shot and eve instead of (laughs) staying to help hugo chooses to leave him to go save villanelle who she thinks is in like mortal danger i hated that scene (laughs) Um, oh my god hated it because it just made me so anxious and i just felt so bad (laughs) over all of it yeah And so, like, okay, the conscious decision on Eve's part to perceive Villanelle as in danger and to leave Hugo to save her, I feel like they could have used the previous examples of Villanelle kind of being in more vulnerable around men than she thinks she is. They could have used that as, like, fuel for Eve making that decision or they could have made a, a link together to those things to sort of be like, Eve's like, oh, God, like, <laughs> she's already, like, almost died so many times. But, like, instead, they didn't really do that. Like, Right, they, yeah. yeah. Same with- there could have been some justification for the scenes that we right. previously had right. to sit through. Well, I think, I for me, I, I think it kind of made sense because previously to this, when villanelle goes to meet aaron eve like calls her a bunch of time and it's like tell me if you're all right tell me if you're all right tell me and like and that like weirdly like maternal shift i i know that it was a little bit in season one but i i just didn't it seemed very sudden Mm. i definitely also was not a huge fan of some of the scenes of them working together were really awkward and weird to me yeah 
Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, disappointing. Oh my god, I, like, that scene of Eve outside of the red trailer in the forest around the ghost when Villanelle is like, that wasn't a proper thank you. <laughs> That's oh <my> very <laughs> unsatisfying yeah. scene for me. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I, not to be, like, too feral, <laughs> I, I much prefer... Eve and Villanelle interacting when there's like a very clear power dynamic is that too horny? Uh, <laughs> no, I understand and I agree. <laughs> in, no, in in what direction though? Because I feel like there's some instances in which like Eve very much holds the power in the situation. And yeah, I don't. Other... Yeah, yeah. No, I like it better. Like in season one, where even when Eve would go into a situation being like I'm in control, that Villanelle would be like. Like, you don't know shit. Like, I'm a trained assassin. I could kill you with this, like, butter knife or whatever. Like, I, I much prefer that. I like the idea of them exploring the dynamic of Eve actually having more power over Villanelle than Villanelle initially would like. <laughs> no, I like that, too, but more, like, I guess more cat and mousey is my is my preference. Yeah, a lot of their interactions when they're working together feel kind of watered down yeah. to some degree. I think also, too, that them running to running away together, I think that that could have worked under the circumstance of, like, they're both under threat of danger. And I, I will say in regards to, like, the Sandra O oh interview where she kind of was like, it's not realistic. And I want to say that actually the creator also was like, it wouldn't be realistic for them to run away together. I'm like... I get what you're saying, like, in terms of, like, they can't run off into the sunset together, but I do think there was a way that they could have sold them running away together because they're forced to do so. Yeah. And, I mean, that could still happen, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I definitely felt like when we got to the end that when um, Villanelle presents that, like, fantasy of them running away to... Uh, I, almost said, I almost said Australia <laughs> ah. <laughs> to to um, Alaska together. Mm-hmm. I as as like a passive viewer watching it, I was like almost convinced that that could actually happen and like be functional. And in the process of like watching it and having that first initial gut reaction, it's like, well, how does that contrast with me five minutes ago being like, oh, Villanelle is grooming Eve <laughs> so that she'll like have this specific reaction so that she can take like the more powerful role and like take care of her and like make yeah. sure that she's like weak and like in shock and and then it's like how did i go from like having like recognizing all of that to immediately being like well no actually this could work look it's just like it's a lesbian agenda (laughs) (laughs) well are there other are there other points we wanted to talk about i can't believe elena was written out with a single line i was just gonna bring up two random things that i did want to talk about (laughs) was was elena elena being written out and then replaced with another woman of color oof yeah like in a very similar role with a very similar personality and then ultimately having like literally no impact on the plot whatsoever except to like I spew a few lines of dialogue. It almost like did I, and we didn't do quite as much um, research going into this episode as we did the last one. But it it almost seems like the the only explanation I can think of is that the actress needed to like leave to do something else, and so they kind of like this was like a done out of necessity. Right. Yeah, like I assume that it was a scheduling conflict, but I still feel like the decision to just replace her with some other actress and like 
have her be basically the same character is like a lot like whatever yeah yeah <laughs> like imagine if they had switched her and hugo like her and hugo's roles i mean obviously they can't do that because hugo is like a man and like the safety of eve like flirting with hugo as a proxy for her like attraction to villanelle is like a thing but imagine if their roles were reversed <laughs> i also did want to talk about the fact that villanelle and constantine are great I love their dynamic so much. <laughs> I like, really came around to liking Constantine a lot more this season. The clowns. Two clowns. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene where she's like running at him and you don't know if she's going to stab him or give him yeah. the Yeah, so good. Yeah. I feel like she genuinely does care about him. Like, right? She, yeah. Her, her relationship with him is questionable. Like, she would definitely harm him if she needed to, but she does really care about him, I think. And Oh, totally. Well, like, well, even when she goes to kill him the first time, like, she's genuinely she's crying. She's crying. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting moment, too. Like, almost involuntarily. Right. I don't know. I, th- I think that's I think that's one, one problem I have with this whole, like, focus on, like, is she a sociopath? Is she a psychopath? Is that it's just, like, so... It's not quite as interesting as having a character where, like, there's just, like, it feels like there's less layers, in my opinion. No, I I totally agree with you. I don't think that was a a conversation that the show ever needed to have, like, thematically or in Mm -hmm. any, like, capacity. Like, I don't think that that debate needed to happen for anyone's sake, like... Eve doesn't need to think about that really like Villanelle doesn't we don't need we as viewers don't need to think about that in regards to Villanelle it's kind of a fool's game to think about that because of the way all of the things we talked about before I like totally agree that like it's a really boring decision to have that conversation be a huge focus of the show and I think that they had those conversations to kind of set up Villanelle Villanelle's motivations at the end where she just shoots Eve and it's like you really didn't need to, like, be this heavy-handed with it. Like, she literally could have shot Eve, and we yeah. didn't have to have any of that. <laughs> Sorry, baby. I gotta shoot ya. <laughs> oh, well. I also really love the part where her and Constantine are in the car, and she's singing Listen to, her, Listen to Your Heart. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I also really loved... I think it happens in the same episode. The part where Villanelle breaks into Eve's house... And fucks with all of her things, like uses her toothbrush and like yeah. puts a bunch of salt in her sugar and just is like looking through her CDs and swapping them. And then in the same episode, Eve goes to Gemma's house, the girl that Nico yes. is like kind of seen and not seen now that her and Nico are separated. And she's like also is fucking with Gemma's things. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that little that little like link between them that they both kind of do that. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I will say I like found myself very endeared to Nico this season. Actually, like really interested to see what happened with him since he left. Yeah. Me. Um yeah. particularly oh. because I do think it was the right decision for him to totally. leave. Oh yeah, totally. He needs to be <laughs> Absolutely. Got, like he needs to be like taken out of the story like from a narrative perspective too. So it's like yeah. I'm glad that they didn't drag out her being with him for that much longer (laughs) yeah no i completely agree um but i am i'm just so interested to see what will happen with nico in season three um oh my god i know following Gemma's unfortunate and very grotesque death Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah 
God, oh my God, when she, so like, I think it starts at like a beginning of the episode where Villanelle goes and she confronts Nico and Gemma and then is like, oh, and she asks Nico, hey, are you in love with Gemma? Are you in love with Eve? He's like, no, I'm not in love with Gemma and I'm still in love with Eve. And so, and Villanelle's like, all right, well, I'm going to kill Gemma now because that was the wrong answer. Yeah. And, but then it cuts back to Eve and in the Aaron plot. Wow, that's confusing <laughs> with our names. And then at the end of the episode, it cuts back to Nico waking up from being knocked out and Gemma is dead. And I, when it cut back to that, I was like, oh, fuck, I totally forgot. Like, I was yeah, so wrapped up in yeah. Eve and Villanelle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it just like, and I think that happened a couple times in season one where I just, you know, sometimes you forget that Eve commits atrocities. <laughs> I mean, um, Villanelle commits atrocities. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Also, the part where, Eve like comes home to Nico and has sex with him and there's this kind of like BDSM undercurrent to their interaction. Yes. And then the next oh, the next that. morning oh, Eve is like that. when the next morning oh, no, Eve is like that was great. And then Nico is like it felt terrible, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I would like to make a confession right now. Okay. Based off something I just learned. Okay. I just, this whole time that we've been watching Killing Eve, I had just assumed that the guy who played Nico was Justin Long. Aaron. <laughs> and I just looked it up and it's not. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Justin Long with like a British oh my- what do you know about they look exactly alike i I don't don't know about that i don't know about that one (laughs) i thought that it was justin long well he can be justin long in your heart i i'm fine with that that's really funny (laughs) that is really funny um i also really loved the part where villanelle sends eve flowers and eve immediately goes in her house with flowers and is like so nico it's time yeah. Smash. Yeah. And Nico's like, oh, okay. It was like, girl, you have problems. <laughs> like, uh, also, the part in the very first episode where Eve is sitting in the train station waiting to go back to London, and that lady comes up to her and is like, oh, like, I used to also, like, be an addict and like yeah i like know what you're going through queen and e was like haha that's so funny but like for real she is <laughs> like just not in the way that that woman assumed <laughs> Right, yeah, that was a really great scene. Because uh, Eve is, um, like, sitting very nervously because she just stabbed Villanelle and she had to dispose of the knife because she, she was going to the airport and forgot it was yeah. in her pocket when she's in security. <laughs> so, like, she seems very nervous and the woman comes up to her and is like, ooh, like, I know what you're going through. Like, I know what's happening to you right now. And and Eve assumes that it's, like, somebody from the 12 or something being like, I know you yeah. just killed somebody. And then it's this, oh, are you a junkie? And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I also love Villanelle's outfit that she wears to the school when she spies. Yeah, hippie chic. What a Miss Frizzle! I <laughs> Miss can't Frizzle believe look. that she t- made a pasta necklace with glitter. Ooh, so good! For I love outfit. it. You know what? <laughs> She's committed to the bit, and I totally respect that about her. <laughs> so when Villanelle goes to the school to kind of 
stalk Eve and her husband and, and sow, like, seeds of divorce in the situation. Um, she puts a lipstick in uh, Eve's bag. Oh, my God. And then when Eve finds it, and then and then later in the episode, she puts it on, and there's a knife in it, and so it cuts her lip. And when she realizes that there's a knife in it, the music, I want to screw you, comes on. <laughs> Which is just like, oh, my God, ridiculous. What's happening? What is yeah. happening? How, how dare they do this to how us? Dare. Eve, like, uh, her looking in the mirror, the mirrors boys looking in. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it, but it's just interesting. I like the recurring imagery of, like, them looking in mirrors and, mm-hmm. yeah. Honestly, I've covered a lot of the topics that I wanted to get out. Yeah. Oh, do we want to make predictions for season three? We yeah, we that. do. Oh, wait, hold on. I have I have one more point, and it's yes. something that I found was incredibly funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, so there's a scene where like um, villain Al commits murder and leaves an apple in the hand <gasps> yes! of the <laughs> victim. Oh my god! And um, Eve like <laughs> looks at this and she like looks at it with like furrowed brows, like she's very confused. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes to her favorite website, which is Bing.com, and she types into the Bing.com search bar, Eve comma apple <laughs> to try to figure out <laughs> what, could it be? what could it be oh my god and it's like <laughs> just so silly <laughs> yeah i was i'm so glad that you mentioned it because i also wanted to close out with that one scene um and thank you gracie for putting it in the notes that this mirrors a scene from twilight where bella like google searches vampires <laughs> It literally does, though. I will say um, the show is definitely sponsored by Bing because I remember Villanelle also using Bing in the first season and being like, Bing? <laughs> My, I love also that it's like sponsored by Bing, yet at the same time, everybody is using an iPhone 11 Pro without a case on it yeah. to show that it's an 11. So I just imagine like Eve at home on her unprotected iPhone 11 Pro going to Bing.com. Yeah, you <laughs> Using the Bing app to search <laughs> iPhone with no case. Oh my god! Yeah, I that part is so funny, and I think it actually kind of sums up the like heavy-handed nature of the second season in a lot of ways. Like, there's very there's a lot less subtlety in season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh, what a funny moment. So good. Well, do we want to make predictions about season three? Sure. I don't know, Gracie. You're you're the pro. What what are you? Oh my gosh! Wow. Well, hmm. I genuinely have no idea. Honestly, <laughs> like, I mean, wishful thinking on my part, but I want them to interact more. Like, if they don't kiss this season, I'll be fucking mad. But that's not really a prediction. It's more like just me wanting that. Yeah, I just really want them to have like just a just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, just a My, little. I I think that this will happen, but I'm dreading it happening. I like am at definitely hypothesizing that Eve will have like a very on-screen downfall where she's like at home depressed like <laughs> yeah, just yeah. sitting around cuz she won't have a job and cuz she will have killed someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cuz she was shot. Definitely. And just like sitting around being sad. 
I definitely agree with that. I want to see more of Carolyn. That's also not really a prediction, but I want to know more about Carolyn. I feel like season two really set her up to be a little, even more mysterious and rascally. Yeah. So (laughs) I want to see more of that. They do set up at the end of season two that some of Villanelle's family is alive. Um, so oh yeah, I, I do. I, I'm curious to see if they'll explore that or if that was something that was thrown in there. Yeah, like a <laughs> red for herring. fun. Yeah, yeah, I mean it is a new showrunner, so I don't. It you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. It, again, these aren't really predictions; they're more like just wishes for season three. I want to see what happens with Nico. Like, did Nico have to go to jail for <laughs> Emma's murder <laughs> or oh, Gemma's murder? Um, or did he just get away from that scot-free? Like, how did that all go down? I would like to see Elena come back, but I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see the ghost come back. Don't know if that'll happen. Yeah, for real. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, part of the fun of watching it, I think, is that it's so hard to predict what will happen. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious to know what the relationship between Eve and Villanelle will look like now that Eve has rejected her. Yeah, right. yeah, so for sure. Yeah, will I, it be once again like the like the open to season two? Yeah, with Villanelle being like she saw me because she loves me and she cares about me, <laughs> and she did it to show how much she cares. <laughs> I and, like would... what I I don't know I don't know what her take is going to be. Yeah, I definitely would like to see more of them being forced to work together towards a common goal but i also would like to see even more kind of animosity and resentment between them oh yeah like, that's what i want of everything that happened um <laughs> yeah i, I think want... that would be funny a good dynamic <laughs> yeah yeah i think in the preview that i saw she villanelle says something in the dial in the like voiceover that she's like oh, like, I'm such a more, like, fulfilled person now that, like, my ex is dead or something like that. (laughs) And I'm like, girl, (laughs) what's wrong with you? (laughs) Oh, my God. So I like the idea of them being divorced, basically. (laughs) Yeah, if she has this, like, jilted ex-lover vibe all season, I will be very here for that. Yeah, that would be really funny. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess it's not really predictions, more like just wishes. <laughs> we'll find out soon enough. It airs tonight. I know. Oh my god, we're reco- yeah, we're recording it on the yeah. tune um, in night to that BBC it's- America. Yeah, and <laughs> I guess since, at nine. since this will come out later, um, let me plug it one more time. How did you feel about season three, episode one? Email us at Aaron at gazegaze.com and maybe we'll read it. Nobody's emailed yeah. us. Oh, we'll definitely read it. Yeah. <laughs> So email us. <laughs> Maybe oh, I, oh I thought you meant like I, th- <laughs> I thought you meant like read. At, you mean you mean read it on air? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll read it if you send it. We'll read it. <laughs> we'll definitely read it and respond yeah. to it. We'll send you a picture of pickle Rick. <laughs> in response. Yeah. A single pickle Rick. And also that maybe that's my prediction. It's that pickle Rick is in season three. <laughs> <laughs> my my prediction is that uh, they're going to last episode there it'll just be them on a HGTV house hunters episode looking for their perfect house together. 
Oh my god, I'm, I would love that. I'm I want to watch International Assassin, and I'm Eve, unemployed, yeah. <laughs> operative. Our budget is ten million dollars. <laughs> oh my god, I'm <laughs> yep. Um, I would love a scene where Villanelle is just like sitting on the couch eating popcorn, watching Rick and Morty. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> going You're out. fucking sick Pickle and twisted, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, oh, I my God. In, in episode being sad. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I will say, actually, Villanelle might watch Rick and Morty because in episode one of season two, she does say normal is boring. Why would you want to be normal? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dial oh my God, on my what media would Villanelle like? That is my uh, question. Well, obviously, she question. loves she loves uh, national anthems. Yeah, which I find so cute and funny. That was such an interesting interaction when she says that, and the guy's like, "That's weird," and she's like, "I don't understand why that's weird." <laughs> All right, are we ending? Yeah, wrap it up, bro. Let's end. Oh my god, Erin, will you take us out? Sure. Thank you so much for listening. If you feel like it, you can follow us on Twitter at GazeGaze and tweet at us. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it. Uh, you can also email us, please God, at Aaron at GazeGaze.com uh, to send us thoughts, ideas, or recommendations. Um, many thanks to Kate and Leslie of Neon and Nude for allowing us to use their songs A Look in Love and You Pretty Thing for our intro and our outro music. You can buy their album at neonandnude.bandcamp.com, or you can stream it on Spotify. Uh, I What are we doing next week? Fuck. Oh, no, we didn't think about it. Uh-oh. Carol and Tuesday? <laughs> we talked about doing Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah, let's do Birds of Prey. Yeah, we're doing Birds of Prey. Why not? Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, so next week we're going to be doing Birds of Prey. Hooray. Um, but until then, I'm Erin. And I'm Erin. I'm Gracie. And we're good. Thanks for having me. Oh. Bye. That's all. Bye.